Hello and welcome to another episode of The Philosophy Guy. So today's episode is going to be on Joker. Uh, I know the film's been out for a while and I wanted to get my thoughts out quicker than this, but uh, it's a good segue into the stuff I want to do on the next episode where we kind of start getting into the nihilism type of stuff uh, and going through that. So this is a good segue and it's also an entertainment piece that I haven't done in a while. So yeah, so this is a quick take on Joker, the recent film directed by Todd Phillips and starring Joaquin Phoenix. So to start off, I'll say I enjoyed the film. I saw it twice in theaters. I wanted to get something posted about it before my two-week break, but then ran out of time because, well, you know, I have to <laughs> I have to make a living, right? So uh, here we are. So now this episode is not going to be a debate about the media's reaction to it or if it's an incel film or whatever else some media sheep interpret the film as. I'll do a couple of quick thoughts before we jump in about that and see if I kind of agree with that, then the rest of the episode will just be kind of the philosophy of this this Joker. Um, and then, as always, check out the Patreon page. I posted a bonus episode here today. And then what else? Oh, and then also join the Discord. Uh, leave me a review on iTunes. Share with your friends and all that good stuff and keep the discussion going. That's kind of the best way to support the show as well. Uh, but yeah, so I'll just say a couple of quick thoughts regarding kind of the, the drama when the film was released. I know this is kind of somewhat old news, but I want to get it out of the way. So for whoever whoever were the people saying this is a film propping up incel culture, I'm actually genuinely confused where they're getting this. Because honestly, this, this Joker is a new interpretation. It's not someone that people are going to, I think, like inspire to be. I mean, if some critics genuinely thought that, I'd like to see their take on Heath Ledger's Joker in The Dark Knight. Because I know there was some controversy around that as well then, but not nearly the level this film got, which I think is very interesting and and kind of why the media... I think the media just wanted something to report on and wanted to create drama for no reason, honestly. But because although that Joker was crazy in The Dark Knight, he was interesting, dangerous, and clever, and it would be something people would be more you know, inspired by, even though if I don't think this this idea that people are inspired to act because of a film... Or they be they do cruel acts or or these terrible acts because of a film. I don't think that's nearly as much of a thing as other areas of life. I don't think it's actually a thing at all. We've had these kind of what would you like to call it dangerous films before, where uh, the protagonist is towing the line of morality and and the film makes it seem like the protagonist is really cool and all that stuff and clever and all that. And I just don't think it's really that much. So that's all I'll say about that. And uh, I think Phoenix said it best when discussing the media's overreaction to a film that, you know, dared to blur the lines of right and wrong. As Phoenix said, it's not my job to teach the audience morality. And he's right. But what he did do and what I love about this film is it makes you think about morality. I don't I don't like when a film thinks they need to to make this clear, distinct what is good, what is evil, what is right, what is wrong, who should win, who should lose. I don't think a film should do that. I like when the film makes you think. You know, that's kind of the point of this ep- or this uh, this show is to find things in culture and entertainment and all this, all these various areas that we're interacting with all throughout our lives and throughout throughout every day, what they can do to make us think about philosophy, thinking, reasoning, you know, just life in general, the meaning, blah, blah, blah. You know, the stuff I've talked about before, obviously. So, uh, but yeah, a film that forces you to examine that. And that's what this this show likes. So that's why I liked Joker. But enough of the media's take. That shit's boring. So for one, Phoenix's cry laughing is just a work of acting perfection. You feel that cry laugh in your bones every time. It's a film that makes you uncomfortable, yet draws you in 
by you know keep you keeping you watching. So no, the film does not promote violence, but it forces you to examine why violence happens. What is the origin of violence? As we get this origin of the Joker, we get this origin of violence, what draws people into violent acts. And this is what I enjoy about the DC universe as well, because I think unlike Marvel, and this might be a, I don't know if this will be a hot take that much, but, you know, Marvel, they have villains like the Joker that can can make very real reflections uh, sorry, sorry, I just made that really confusing. Unlike Marvel, I think Marvel lacks those type of villains like the Joker that can be these like interesting uh, reflections of life and creating this very like gray realities that forces us to self-examine. Characters like Joker provide us this more, these more, I would like to say, like psychological tools to consider about the world. They they have these these more psychologically interesting villains, I'd like to say. So here's how I imagine this kind of interpretation of the Joker in this film. You have Nicholson's Joker. He was like the gangster. And then you have Ledger's as this kind of violent nihilist. And you have Leto's trying to be like a psychopath while poorly stealing from Nicholson. So we're just going to, we're just going to leave Leto's aside there. But Phoenix's Joker. Well, this is something else. Arthur Fleck, Joker in the film. He struggles with mental illness in the film and, and throughout his life he has, and he feels invisible to the world. His social workers, you know, they don't listen. His mother is obsessed with Thomas Wayne while being demeaning to Arthur. The attention Arthur does receive is in large part from bullying. And the focus is on mental illness because Arthur's laugh stems from his mental illness, which then in turn leaves people treating him differently as though he should act differently, even though he has his mental illness that doesn't allow him to. So Arthur dreams of being the successful comedian, recognized recognized for his comedy, like Murray Franklin played by uh, Robert Nero. Then when he finally meets him, the film shows its message. Arthur says, you don't notice me, right before shooting him in the face. You see, Phoenix's Joker gets drained down by society. We see what makes his version of the Joker, a Joker living in this loveless world a world that doesn't understand him or seem to care about the illness he faces, a loveless world that creates the monster. And here's where a Nietzsche quote is helpful to understand this. If you gaze long enough into an abyss, the abyss will gaze back into you. The film is meant to demonstrate some very real demons people are dealing with and the avenues they use to deal with them, how they express them. And I want to focus on these avenues as when when Arthur shoots the three finance bros, it starts off this like kind of sort of uprising. Now, the uprising is commentary on our economic and social structures, right? However, I want to focus on Arthur here. Then. I don't maybe we'll get into that in a different episode or use a different film for that. Uh, but I almost feel like the the kind of the social structure part that was like a side and the economic structures was like a like a side quest of the film. It was like a distraction, like, oh, this is what people think motivated Arthur to act, but really it was this other thing, right? So because Arthur didn't act on the murders because he was he was saying F you to the capitalist system. That's not what not that's not what his motivation was. No, he was he was sick of the world putting him down. The recognition he desired started happening after he A made news for this, and B, happened to be wearing a Joker outfit, right? So, okay, violence for recognition. 
a film making us analyze that. Does the film glorify it? Absolutely not. The violence that occurs in the film is shocking. It's brutal. It's It makes you feel uncomfortable. It's not glorified, propped up, or even seemingly... They don't even try to make it justified. It does not feel justified at all. It feels gruesome, right? You know what he's doing is wrong. There's no... there. <laughs> so they, they present the character, the main character. He is towing this line, right? But the audience knows it's wrong, right? So sending this message, a world full of people alienated, lonely, ignored, and not able to treat their mental illness, that world is a dangerous one. And that is not a, a controversial take created by the film, I don't think. The recognition Arthur receives comes from A, society, like I said, recognizes his murders. And then when he was in disguise, and when B, bombs doing a comedy skit. That's what causes this kind of like train wreck, right? And I'm not saying that the film does a good job of relaying the message always in it, that it seems to want to uh, portray and it doesn't always do a good job of that. I'm interpreting the message I took from the film, right? But I will say Phoenix does a wonderful job of presenting this version of the Joker. And I hope he does not get excluded from the Oscar simply because the media has inserted this weird reaction to the film where they're trying to, it's almost like they try to insert this way more purpose within the film that the like the director was intending to do X, right? It's like, okay, but sorry, enough of that. Anyway, <laughs> but we also must consider how Joker's reality began to break down. You know, uh, he lost all connection to the outside world because his surroundings in the outside world are what began breaking down. Arthur already was struggling to become famous. He was working in a dead-end job. He was bullied. He cares for his sick mother, creates a, a kind of make-believe relationship with a, the attractive woman down the hall. Even the city's mental health program is something for him to latch on to as this like connection to the outside world. It was keeping him from feeling really like truly disconnected from everything. There was these little latches on to connection to the outside world. Something our society is dealing with all over. People feeling disconnected, right? We talk about it through social media and the way our culture has gone with being, you know, digitized, always online and not having like those same personal connections, right? Having this mental health crisis. It's another way to look at that. This film forces us to analyze that and how can we change it? Because Arthur goes mad, right? When he loses his mother-son bond because it's a fraud and many of his mental health issues very well might have stemmed from the trauma his mother allowed. This makes Arthur question his identity, where he then recognizes the fake relationship he created in his mind. His belief in Thomas Wayne, gone. Seeing Murray make fun of him. His outer world is just coming crashing down. All these things he aspired to be turned against him. And then all the connections and personal connections he had either turned out to be a fraud, fake, or just got burnt down by society itself. His state of order was gone. His state of the little peace he had, because he was never happy even with those connections, his state of peace was just trampled on. Thus, his fear of maintaining his, his, his order in life was gone. He had no motivation to continue that order. His comprehension of the consequences, gone. And his fear of death, gone. And that's what we need to analyze. Like, why did that drive him to act in a violent way? What drove him to do that, right? 
So the film asks us what happens when we allow a human to become so fully disconnected from the outside world. And obviously this, this doesn't make Arthur justified by any means. But we need, to, we need to ask ourselves why violent acts happen. And this film, I think, does an interesting interpretation of that. And this is where we see the idea of uh, Carl Jung's shadow concept, where the exterior world is kind of breaking down and, and that's all that's left, right? And the disconnection, and that's where you kind of project this new violent you that I will be recognized, and then you you know that's where the the violent acts begin. But anyway, I know that was kind of a, a rambly episode. It's supposed to be just a quick take, so it was kind of just a quick episode. And yeah, I plan to get my other episode out tomorrow. But as always, thanks for listening, and as always, join the Discord, rate, review, share with your friends. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. As always, peace.